Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Crossover Thursday, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. I am Jeff Lloyd, host of Lockdown Browns. I have the pleasure of sitting down today with Cody Davis, uh, one half of the fantastic duo um, from Lockdown Texans. Uh, we're going to sit down today. Obviously, a big one coming up Sunday. You know, the Texans are trying to get the ship righted. Uh, Browns coming off the bye. Um, you know, eight games to go. There's some games here where maybe the Browns could maybe start absolutely maybe talking about January coming up over the second half stretch. So we're going to talk about both teams, kind of break it down a little bit here. Um, things that we're expecting on Sunday. Each of us going to be able to school each other on our you know, prospective teams here. And, you know, as far as players, scheme, what's working, not working. Um, and just sitting down here and just giving you guys what you look. And I know everybody enjoys the crossover episodes. For us, it's it's, it's great because we all don't know everybody as well here at the Lockdown Network. And, you know, for some teams, we play all the time, twice a year. Some, it's only, you know, once every couple of years. So, you know, for us, we kind of get to break uh, sit down and break bread with, uh, you know, some coworkers here uh, that we usually don't get as much time to chat with. Locked on, I'm sorry, uh, Locked on. Thursday, the crossover style is brought to you today by football. I mean, by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for football Sundays, no matter how you watch this season. Um, bars, parties, maybe that really ain't the way to go right now. Um, but you can sit at home, got the comfort of your own home. I'm sure everybody's got the nice TV. Uh, so that's certainly where you'll find me on Sundays. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power you through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, folks. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Like I said, we're sitting here today with Cody Davis. And first things first, Cody, how are you doing? How's life out in Texas? How's everything? How's everybody doing uh, You know, out there in this you know, where, you know, the world is right now as far as, you know, everything we're trying to deal with as far as COVID-19. Hey, Jeff, thanks for having me on. Um, Man, you know, it's it's about the same everywhere, you know, just trying to go on about your daily life and at the same time trying to stay safe at the same time. Um, I know for me personally, I'm extremely busy these days in addition to covering the Houston Texans. I'm also covering the Houston Rockets for part of SB Nation and Russell Westbrook just demanded a trade. The Houston Texans are a mess, so I am always busy 24 7 these days <laughs> uh whether it's good whether it's bad uh the coverage never stops it was actually funny because i was thinking about that and i told cody i was running a little bit late i was picking up my daughter and i see twitter's ablaze and i'm like what's going on here you know because the first thing you got to do for us is you know how does this affect what we do and then <laughs> oh russell westbrook unhappy again get out of town not russell yep. westbrook get out of town <laughs> but as you mentioned um uh, it got real weird real early with the Houston Texans this year. Um, you know, here was a team, you know, obviously in a playoff game with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know, less than, I guess now maybe, what, nine months ago or whatever, um, looking pretty good, um, you know, putting an early pounding on the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. It all fell apart. Um, and then the season comes, and the team doesn't start off well at all. And you're in a really, really weird position because your head coach – was also your general manager and Bill O'Brien. And I think Bill O'Brien, I never really had a problem with as a head coach. I, I think there were times where he did, you know, did a lot with a little, so to speak. I think maybe more of what did Bill O'Brien in may have been the uh, general manager side of it, but it don't matter. You carry two jobs. You're not doing one. Most likely you're going to lose both. Um, then today uh, word drops that the Houston Texans uh, have moved on from who's the head of their PR. And you see the amount of people who came out, 
to talk about this woman uh, and the job she did, whether it was J.J. Watt or you know many, many high-ranking members in the hierarchy of football writers um, you know, with the trades, you know, draft capital, uh, going to be looking at a new head coach. Cody, wh- where is the state of this franchise right now? Because, you know, I've seen some tough times, obviously on this end, covering the Cleveland Browns, and it, it feels a little bit eerily similar over there, except for maybe not a lot of draft capital to rebuild the, fr- the roster with. <sighs> to be honest with you, Jeff, I wish <laughs> I had an answer for you, man. Um, and it's so frustrating. It, it's getting to the point as a fan, as a reporter, it's getting to the point where it's starting to be really frustrating talking about the Texans because every time it seems like we get a sense of a direction of where this organization might be going, they turn around and do something stupid, like fire their vice president of communication by claiming she's no longer a quote-unquote culture fit. My only issue with that is how can you say someone is no longer a culture fit when there is no culture established within this organization? And After allowing Bill O'Brien, and let me just say this before moving on, Jeff, I do agree with you. Bill O'Brien, to me, was not that bad as a head coach. Yes, he made a couple boneheaded decisions, but I was actually okay with it. And and through our almost 20-year being being a franchise in the the NFL, he, he is by far our most successful coach. But it was the fact that he just got too big hated. And it was also the fact that he let a lot of personal decisions get into the way of letting a lot of guys go. And this organization set back management set back and watched Bill O'Brien literally ruined this team by getting, by getting rid of talented players, by trading away nearly all of his draft capital. And the best thing this organization can do right now is break down the roster even further by moving on from a lot of these big contracts like a J.J. Watt and like a Whitney Merciless. And that was part of the reason why I was hoping that they made a move prior to the trade deadline, but they decided to stand pat. And I understood they just didn't want to make another boneheaded trade like the one they did by getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins. But I think they made a mistake there because this is a team that needs talent and they need talent bad. And it's going to be hard for them to obtain the pieces that they need with little to no cap space. And your best draft selection in this year's upcoming draft is going to be held in the third round. So at this point, all we can do as a fan, as a reporter, all we can do is just hope and pray that management make the right decisions at the end of this season going into the 2021 season because you need a general manager, you need a head coach, and hopefully they can do something to put together a competitive team because what I do not want to see happen is this organization and this management literally waste the talents of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and, and it's a really weird situation, obviously, you know, because that's taken care of. Um, Sean Watson, just, you know, a star within this league. Um, but, you know, you need some toys. I mean, you, you can't work alone. You can't play alone. And you're really going to wonder where the rest of this roster for the Houston Texans is going to be um, you know, within a year. And the other thing is, if it's going to be a turn teardown, um, you're hoping for a quick, quick return on that teardown. Talk to me a little bit about the offensive side of the ball. Um, look, Deshaun Watson, I don't think there's enough superlatives for the player he has, you know, grown into. Um, and Cleveland fans, they will still forever. Um, I don't think it would have been a great fit for Deshaun Watson. I think it was much better where he did end up. Um, but what else? Offensive side of the ball. I mean, me personally, I am looking forward to seeing uh, my old buddy Duke Johnson. I was a huge fan of Duke Johnson for the years he was in Cleveland. 
felt he was severely, severely underused. Um, but what about the offensive side of the ball here? You know, I mean, I, I see that they're scoring some points, and it seems like may, maybe many of the issues on the defensive side of the ball here. Give me some thoughts on this Texans offense thus far. Well, I would like to say Duke Johnson has really been good for the Houston Texans over the past two seasons. And, you know, this year was kind of an odd fit between him and David Johnson. But when David Johnson sustained a concussion and he was ruled out for the rest of our last game against the Jaguars, Duke Johnson really went out there and showcased his talent. And what I loved about Duke Johnson is the fact that when he gets tackled, he makes sure he goes the extra mile to pick up some positive some more yardage and that's what I love to see in Duke Johnson because that's something David Johnson has a real struggle with but you know talking about the offensive side of the ball I would have to say our receiving core especially the duo with Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller is something that you guys in Cleveland might have to look out for because after a slow start to the year both of these guys have found their rhythm over the past couple of weeks in fact this past Sunday the game against Jacksonville Cooks and Fuller combined for 183 yards on eight catches and two touchdowns with Will Fuller completing all five of his targets for 100 yards. And the dynamic on-field version, well, the dynamic on-field vision that we had when Bill O'Brien terribly put this team together, that was one of the positives we took away, was the fact that we was able to see that Deshaun Watson will have two reliable targets that he can use every single week versus one. And like I say, it started off really, really slow. But over the past couple of weeks, these two guys, of course, along with the greatness of Deshaun Watson, has really been clicking. So if both of these guys can get into a rhythm early, I think the Texans offense is going to be nearly impossible for you guys to stop. Uh, I do have my concerns about that. Um, but the early weather report maybe has 20 mile an hour winds. Um, so, hey, I, I'm not going to complain about it because uh, it may aid this Brown secondary. Um, and they've certainly had their issues, uh, you know, with deep vertical receivers. And it's 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 been a trend here now for a couple of years. Um, and Grant Delpit, who was supposed to maybe be the recipe for that, obviously, sadly, you know, hurt in the, uh, you know, during training camp. Hello? Hello? Ooh, you love. I've been sitting here all day. I've been. Hmm. There you go. Okay. I have no idea what happened there. Um, so now, obviously, you know, with the bigger names on defense, where is the defense at? And, you know, with, you know, where the roster is, you know, maybe graduating from a team that had, you know, playoff runs, where is it now versus, you know, are there some, you know, maybe some young pieces that could be part of what's going to be the future of this Houston Texans defense? To be honest with you, Jeff, this defense is terrible. And if I can have it any other way, I would not want anybody on this Texans defense, maybe with the exception of Zach Cunningham and maybe Justin Reed, back for the 2021 season. This defense is God 
awful. In every single game, it seems like it get worse and worse. And it's part of the reason why I believe that the Cleveland Browns will come away victorious in this game. You know, they have had a problem all season long at stopping a run. They can't tackle even if their life depended on it. And earlier in this season, you know, we was giving them a pass, especially me. You know, every single day I got on here, well, they didn't have a normal preseason. You know, they jumped <laughs> right into the season and they, you know, COVID messed everything up. There's a lot of rust. But here we are. 10 weeks into the season and the same issues that plagued them in that very first game against Kansas city is still plaguing them today. And the worst part about their defense now heading into week 10 against the Browns is their secondary coming into this game. The Texans have allowed an average of 257 yards, which is 10th worst in the league over the last three games. They have given up almost 300 passing yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They allowed a rookie quarterback in Jake Luton to throw for 304 yards in not only his very first start, but it was his very first game. And it's, it's, it's so frustrating watching this Houston Texans defense. And, you know, yes, we ended up picking up a victory against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but we only won by two. And it's because of the defense. It's part of the reason why Luton and the Jaguars almost stole the victory from Houston. And my biggest worry going into this game is, look, we're going to get into Baker Mayfield, you know, in the next segment. And I actually have somewhat of a belief in Baker Mayfield. Do I believe he's the one of the best quarterbacks in the league? Uh, not necessarily, but I believe he has some talent. And I'm looking at this from a standpoint, if you allow a rookie quarterback in his very first game to throw for over 300 yards, I am pretty sure Baker Mayfield has enough talent and enough confidence to not to, to either match or surpass the production that Luton did against the Texans on Sunday. Plus, we may still be without our top defensive back in Bradley Roby because prior to the prior to the bye week, he got hurt against the Green Bay Packers. And it seemed like him and the organization has now developed some kind of we're beef because he missed the game on Sunday against Jacksonville. One part of the organization was saying that it was due to personal reasons. Another part was saying that he was disruptive in a locker room. Don't nobody really know the true story, but if he does not play on Sunday, I'm predicting an explosive game from Jarvis Landry because without Bradley Roby on the field, Devontae Adams had recorded 169 yards against Houston. You had a rookie quarterback that threw for over 300 yards. I'm pretty sure the Cleveland Browns is going to be, I'm pretty sure the Cleveland Browns is going to be able to, to, to do as much damage, if not more, with the combination of Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry, especially if Bradley Roby does not play. Uh, and that's the problem when you get a position that the Texans are in. Um, you get guys starting to think about, well, is my future here? If my future's not here, what am I selling out for? And trust me, uh, you know, we've been through this on the other side of it here in <laughs> Cleveland. And uh, it, we've definitely been through it here when players start to see, hey, we don't know what the future is, which means I don't know what my future is. And guess what? One ACL, I got no future. Uh, it don't work like that for front office folks. It don't work like that for coaches. Um, so it puts everybody into a really, really difficult position. We are going to flip it up here. 
with Mr. Cody Davis from Lockdown Texans, your host, Jeff Lloyd from Lockdown Browns, as we continue to cruise on through your Lockdown, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, your crossover Thursday on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Again, this football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game take, no matter how you watch this season. Look, beers, appetizers at the bar with your friends, not the case anymore. Maybe get online, get yourself an air fryer, make some appetizers at home, fire up the grill, do what you got to do to get through game day. Look, most importantly, folks, we still got football Sundays for right now. So let's just enjoy that, and hopefully we can all get back to our normalcy come the 2021 season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through the game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi is not made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. And this was a nice surprise. And welcome back to the fine folks from DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, You've got plenty on your to-do list. Give give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese. The kids want pizza. Somebody wants some Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining uh, rooms may be limited, they're still open for delivery. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space. That's $5 off your and your next and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and use the promo code again, Locked On. Don't forget, that's Locked On. $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The floor is yours, Mr. Davis. All right, going back in three, two. <clears throat> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Lock. Wait. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Locked On Podcast Network for our crossover edition between Locked On Texans and Locked On Browns. Jeff, it's been a roller coaster ride in Cleveland ever since Baker Mayfield arrived in the spring of 2018. What is the outlook of Mayfield in Cleveland? And do you guys believe that if this organization do not make the playoffs this season, there might be a possibility of a change at quarterback? Um, the key here for Baker Mayfield, and the key for me, in my opinion, is um, it's all going to come down to you know whether or not they pick up that fifth-year option. Um, they're, Baker Mayfield is most likely going to be the quarterback um, for 2021. Is there competition brought in here to see if there's a future? Um, these next eight games um, is a big tell for Baker. And the seven quarters that he has played since Odell Beckham Jr. went down, um, look, he didn't complete a pass that first quarter against Cincinnati, and that is a game where Odell went down. That just caught fire. Um, the Raider game – on its surface, doesn't look like uh, Baker was that great. Um, but then you factor in a whole bunch of drops. Jarvis Landry, unfortunately, dropped two touchdown passes. Baker Mayfield's been getting it done since Odell has been out. 
and the thing, and, and it's weird because Baker and Odell, look, they're tight. They're good friends. Uh, they they were tight before you know Baker was even drafted by the Cleveland Browns. They had met each other through workouts out in California. Uh, you know, I had formed you know a good friendship, but it doesn't necessarily mean things are going to work on the field. And it's not been as good as you know Browns fans has hoped, hoped or I even hoped. Um, the Dallas Cowboy game this year was probably the pinnacle of you know Baker and Odell. Um, but Baker, without the presence of Odell, and this team has three fantastic options at tight ends out of receivers. They're getting Nick Chubb back most likely this week to compare with Kareem Hunt, which opens up Kareem Hunt's versatility, uh, the great receiver he is, to do some more things as a receiver. Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, Baker and Rashard Higgins have a innate relationship with each other. It works really, really well. You know, the one understands the yin to the yang. It's just weird how these two get along. I don't think Rashard Higgins uh, would have much of a career anywhere else. And I think he is one of Baker's you know, most trusted weapons in key situations. Um, it's going to be a big eight-game stretch here for Baker. And I'm not going to say necessarily whether or not it means playoffs or not, um, because now you're going to talk a team that was 7-8-1 and one in 18. Then obviously it dropped to 6-10 and 10 in 19 under a very, very dysfunctional coaching staff and front office. Now, to this point, what we've seen is functional, yes. Coaching staff, yes. Front office, yes. Baker Mayfield, for the most part. Um, Coach Stefanski even said today, I think Baker Mayfield is going to ascend over these next eight games. Um, the proof is in the pudding, so to speak, here. But there'll be a lot on the line because, you know, come right after the draft, the Browns are going to have a big decision to make about whether or not they're going to pick up the fifth-year option on their quarterback. So we're going to know a lot about that entire situation here over the next eight weeks. You know, you touched on it a little bit, but with Odell Beckham out for the rest of the season with an ACL tear, how has the Browns offense looked, especially with Jarvis Landry, who I consider to be one of the most underrated players in the league? I, I think the thing was, and this is where it was difficult, because at the time um, of Odell's injury, you know, that Cincinnati Bengal game, they went into that game without their top tight end. They went into that game without their top offensive lineman to this point. They went into that game without Nick Chubb. So they were able to pull that one off. Obviously, it looked really good for everybody that day. You got players like Donovan Peoples-Jones who stepped up. You got players like um, you know, Rashard Higgins who stepped up. Harrison Bryant, David Njoku. You get to the Raider game, um, in which I mentioned you know, Jarvis drops a couple of touchdown passes, which hurts. Um, but Jarvis is – and the thing is, is you know, I don't know if Jarvis Landry will ever be anyone's – true featured receiver, but he's just an absolute pain in the neck. Um, he's tough as nails, um, you know, played the last couple of weeks with some broken ribs. Um, and this is after coming off of, you know, almost a seven month rehab uh, for a hip surgery. Um, but now you go to it this week and now you return your best tight end to the team. You return Nick Chubb, who is a top five back in this league. You return Wyatt Teller, who is the best guard in the NFL at the time of his injury and is the Browns' best offensive lineman, and the Browns are pretty stout on the offensive line as it is. Um, so it puts it in a position here to succeed. But the thing is, without Odell on the field, for defenses, you know Odell's going to get targets. You know he's going to get a bunch of them. But Baker, in what we saw in just a brief seven quarters in this little life after Odell right now for the 2020 season is, Baker got back to what he was good at in 2018. I don't care if you're the top tight end or the third or fourth string tight end. I don't care if you're wide receiver one or wide receiver five. If you were the open guy, I'm going to take my drop. I'm going to plant my foot 
And whoever's open is getting the ball. And that's what we've seen over these brief seven quarters of the post-Odell life. And that is what made Baker so successful and so many people talking about him after the 2018 season, which led to all these endorsements, what everybody wanted to say was his downfall. He can just play quarterback now. You don't have to worry about, you know, and, and I understand it from his standpoint, when you got a player of that ilk, and look, Nuke Hopkins was very similar. Um, when you have a player of that ilk, you want to do everything you can to maybe get the ball to him as many times as possible. And it may be a detriment to your overall game. Not saying this is going to hold, but for seven quarters, Baker has looked really, really solid in just getting to his drop, finding the open man, and getting out of his hand as quickly as possible. I just finished talking about how bad the Texan secondary is, but you guys had a lot of struggle, have a lot of struggle going on in the secondary as well. So, with that being said, what do you see in the tech in like, what do you see in the Brown secondary that make you say as make you as frustrated as I am here in Houston? Um, for me, it's look. I mean, with you know, and it's weird that a second round pick in Grant Delpit, they had so much faith in, and they really did. Um, that he was a target in the second round. They were still able to trade down and still get Grant Delpit. But the thing is, is, you know, you can't say, oh, well, well, Grant Delpit went out. Look, he never played an NFL down yet. So we, we truly don't know what he was or what he was going to be. But every day in camp before he got hurt, he was playing different roles. You could see that there was going to be a lot put on his plate. The nice growth we've seen to see is maybe Ronnie Harrison was brought over from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, Cody, you're a little bit familiar with him, you know, with all the games against Jacksonville over the last couple of years. Um, he's made a nice contribution, but you still have players playing out of position, uh, whether it's Andrew Sandejo or Cole Joseph trying to play a high safety. It's neither one of these players' strengths. They are more, you know, like the big nickel safety when you want to get that third linebacker off the field and get guys who can do similar things but they don't have anyone they trust enough to play the free safety position. For me, I would just play Sheldrick Redwine. It's weird because when they actually do put him on the field, he does things and he plays well. I'm not sure if it's a practice thing. I'm not sure if it's a confidence in his knowledge of the playbook thing. Um, but it doesn't seem like anything Monday through Friday, you know, apparently translates to the point where they want to give him more playing time. But when they are forced to play him, he plays well. Um, it certainly doesn't you know, help either that Greedy Williams is just been a mystery and he's been out since, you know, mid to late August with some sort of shoulder nerve type of thing. And this is a player they truly wanted to evaluate before they had to see whether or not, you know, cornerback was on the shopping list for 2021, which most likely it's going to be. Um, it's just that you have players playing at a position. And I feel bad for Andrew Sandejo because he was never the most athletic guy to begin with. And now here he is as a 10-year veteran, you know, trying to play free safety. And, you know, everybody trots out a wide receiver or two per week who runs a 4-3-5 where you get these genetic freaks like CeeDee Lamb, who nobody can cover. And there's a guy like Andrew Sandejo and Carl Joseph trying to keep up with him. Um, it's just been players that are playing out of position. And, look, I mean, there's nothing the Browns can kind of really do at this point. And Joe Woods eventually wants to gravitate to this three safeties on the field look he just doesn't have the personnel yet. The Browns front office did a fantastic job getting this offense in place before they have to make this huge decision on Baker Mayfield. Rome wasn't built in a day, just like you can't build a roster in one offseason. But this defense certainly is having its issues at the linebacker position, and it's certainly having its issues in the secondary. 
And at times, you can't just look at Miles Garrett and as fantastic as he is and say, uh, we need you to make a play. You know, once a half, um, he had an unsustainable pace of four straight games with, you know, uh, you know sacks that you know, created forced fumbles. You can't keep going back to this well. Ronnie Harris has played well. Denzel Ward is good. Miles Garrett has played well. But this can't just be a three-person unit on defense. Some guys got to step up here. Look, you're all getting paid. And like you said earlier about, you know, the excuses of OTAs, training camp, preseason games. No, 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 no. Folks, it's November, man. You're all either doing it or you're not. There are no excuses anymore. Last question before moving on. You know, I kind of wish my co-host John was here because ever since last year when you guys brought in Odell Beckham, and on paper it seemed like you guys had a squad moving forward, but you guys went – six and ten and as of right now you guys are five and three but i feel like the cleveland browns should be at least a little bit better in your opinion you know as someone who covers this this team what do you believe is the part of the reason why we have yet to see the the pinnacle of of how great this cleveland brown team can be um i think part of it is is because i think the browns would like to run the ball more but when you lose nick chubb and when your defense is essentially giving up the amount of yards and the amount of points they are, you're not in a position to truly do this. They don't want Baker Mayfield to be tossing it for 300 yards a week. You have Kareem Hunt, who has a rushing title under his belt, would have won a second rushing title if it wasn't for the incident that got him released from the Kansas City Chiefs. Nick Chubb uh, was the NFL's rushing leader up until week 17 last year. Um, they would like to run the ball more. Um, and this is the thing with Coach Stefanski is as much as he wants to keep working and putting in every facet of the passing game, you got to be smart. Like the goal on Sunday, Monday night, Thursday night, whatever it is, is to win. So if your best way to win is by running the ball, and I think of Brian Billick in all those years in Baltimore. He went there. He was this big offensive guru, blah, 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 blah. How did the Ravens win all those years when Brian Billick was there? They played really good defense and they ran the ball. I think there are a couple of players away on defense, but I think that's the style they would like to play. They would like to throw when they want to throw, and but run because I think they love their offensive line. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they're going to have this duo back for at least one more year in 2021. Um, they're really, really talented players. They're diverse players individually, but yet they both kind of fit the system, and Coach Stefanski – uh, has done enough to incorporate Hunt in the passing game where you're going to get you know, the most out of Kareem Hunt that you can. So it's it, this is the style they would like to play. The problem is they just don't have enough on defense right now to play the style because even if they play their style and say they get up 7-0, get up 10-3, their defense is having a hard time you know, closing out drives. You know, early Earlier in the season against some of these poor opponents, whether it was Washington, et cetera, et cetera, they were creating a lot of turnovers, almost an unsustainable pace. When you start playing these better teams with better quarterbacks, a la Deshaun Watson, you're not going to get gifted these turnovers that the defense had been getting gifted, and it's kind of taking them out of their style. Um, look, the Pittsburgh game, I mean, that sucker was over, over by opening kickoff. Baltimore game as well. The Raider game was difficult because I think if they had had all their pieces in place at the offensive line, tight end, Nick Chubb, they could have played their game, especially with the weather the way it was, and probably pulled that one out to be six and two. 
We'll see because it's going to be a little bit similar weather-wise Sunday right now, for at least for what they're calling. But the Browns will be, you know, have more hands on deck on the offensive side of the ball. The defense, it is what it is at this point, and somebody's just going to have to step up, not name Miles Garrett, Ronnie Harrison, and Denzel Ward. All right. You can move on. We can move on. To- We're going to do a little bit more here with Mr. Cody Davis, just get some general thoughts of the game on Sunday. Um, and again, make sure iTunes, Spotify, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Texans, subscribe to Locked On Browns. Ratings, reviews always help you guys out here. And we're here five days a week trying to give you guys all the, all the info and content we can. Least you can do is help us out with that. Appreciate that, everybody. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. It is easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever or put it in your pocket to get through the day. Biltco is the best workout gel on the market. It's a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, and also chocolate mint. How does Biltco work so well? Biltco combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast-absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it is easy on the stomach. Biltco is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Biltco then kicks to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 100% of your daily percentage. Collagen protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit Bilco.com. Use the promo code LOCKED, all caps, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Now, Cody, as far as the game on Sunday, where are you at? I mean, for you know us here for a couple of seasons, it was maybe winning ain't the best thing in the world, but you're not playing – for draft position. Um, and look, I mean, no, nobody's eliminated yet. Um, but you've, you've spoken on where you think it's difficult here for the Texans to pull this one out. Uh, the Browns kind of need this one. It's going to make for an interesting storyline. And one of the things when you're evaluating a new coach, like we are with coach Stefanski is what does your team do after the bye? Um, so that's going to be a big one for us, but go ahead, buddy. Um, to be honest with you, Jeff, I'm on the fence of just, playing your young guys like your rookies Jonathan Grenard and Ross Blacklock and even John Reed you know I'm on the fence of just red shirt in the rest of this season playing your young guys and see who you can move on to into the 2021 season you know there's so many questions surrounding the Houston Texans from what is going to happen with JJ Watt to will they waste the talents of, Des- of Deshaun Watson how they're going to rebuild and restore the talent that was lost but the Houston Texans organization continuously continuously tell us time and time again that they are not interested in throwing away the rest of the 2020 season. So at this point, I guess it's safe to say that this team is actually playing for pride. Now, do I believe they're going to salvage what is left of the 2020 season? No, I do not. But hopefully they can at least have some kind of success that can keep them from establishing a losing culture moving forward. 
Yeah, I mean, as much as you agree, you know, that you think, you know, Houston may not pull this out, I do think it would be a disappointment um, for the Browns to lose this one. A, it's a home game. A, it's a team that's kind of, you know, on the ledge here as far as, you know, just 2020 being completely over. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, with all the changes that are probably going to come with the Houston Texans. I'll ask you this, though, before we start putting a bow on this one, Cody. Got, you got you got your eyes on somebody? You got your eyes on somebody to say, hey, this guy, Deshaun Watson, um, it's not going to be the easiest roads. You guys uh, doing the old uh, you know, on the dating app for the uh, next head coach of the Houston Texans? Um, what's, what's funny, I actually do have my eye on two people. One of them is Eric Bieniemy. You know, that is the top choice for just about everybody when you talk about who's going to be the next coach of the Houston Texans. But I also have my eye set, probably even more so than Bieniemy, is Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. And I say that because when you take a look at his career, he has coached Lamar Jackson, MVP, and Colin Kaepernick, who early on in his career was an MVP caliber player, regardless of what you think about him now. And he has coached two players who has a similar skill set to that of Deshaun Watson. And my biggest philosophy and possibly everybody's biggest philosophy when you talk about a head coach is you have to make sure you get a guy who can cater and build an offense around Deshaun Watson's skills skill set. Because Deshaun Watson is good to the point he can make almost any coach look good. I mean, hell, look what he did for Bill O'Brien. But like I mentioned, it was Bill O'Brien's decision as a general manager is the reason why he's no longer here. However, he needs somebody that's going to, once again, cater to his skill set and basically create an unstoppable offense, somebody that can actually help him get to that MVP caliber legendary level that we know he has right here in Houston because as great as Deshaun Watson looked through the first four years of his career I believe we have yet to see the best version of Watson I'd probably agree with you um and again I'm looking forward to seeing Darren Fells and like people used to joke with us but we like Darren Fells is a good player um and Duke Johnson uh these are you know obviously two former Browns uh Deshaun Watson you know I, I love the player I, I love the man I love the story about, you know, everything he went through to get to the position he is in. Um, and I kind of just hate the situation that the team is in right now, you know, for him. Um, he's an easy, easy guy to root for. And I still remember, you know, when he was taking the league by storm as a rookie, then the knee blew out, which is crazy enough, became very, very beneficial to the Cleveland Browns who held, ironically enough, again, the Texans' first-round pick and second-round pick for that draft. So as you know, the wheels fell off of that Texans team, it was very beneficial, which led to Denzel Ward, which led to Nick Chubb being Cleveland Browns. Um, I'm looking forward to Sunday. And look, I understand where you guys are at, Cody. It's and you look, you know, yes, it's five and three now. But, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I ain't buying no rings. We ain't buying no champagne over here in Cleveland. We've had way too many instances where we thought maybe things were getting on the right track. We have confidence, but we're certainly, certainly not committing, signing any paperwork right now that this Browns organization is where it needs to be. Uh, Cody is part of Locked On Texans. These guys do a fantastic job, uh, you know, down there, obviously, in Texas, covering uh, the Texans, and which is a really difficult situation you know, when the team, uh, you know, is in a position like they are, and there are several teams now within the NFL, um, and there's a lot going on as far as you know, the draft and how that could be covered. Um, and Eric Bieniemy would be a fantastic choice. I, I, I pounded the table for him. I wanted him not this year. I wanted him last year to be part of the Cleveland Browns. I think he's a fantastic offensive mind. 
Um, so if it does work out, that, that'd be a fun story. And I think it would be a great pairing with Deshaun Watson. With that being said, this has been your crossover edition of Locked On Texans, Locked On Browns. Jeff Lloyd, your host of Locked On Browns. Cody Davis, part of the fantastic duo covering the Houston Texans. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, ratings, reviews. Please help everybody out here as we continue to work our butts off for you. Uh, and we'll talk to everybody on Sunday. Uh, enjoy the game. We'll see what happens. <laughs>